Well, we did it. We made it through the offseason. Seahawks training camp is finally here. They open on Wednesday, just 48 hours away as I record this today. Today on the show, Brandon Schultz, formerly of the Field Goals Podcast, now host of Seahawkers Pod, and Dana O'Gorman, my former co-host. You see her and hear her on Our Turf and Real Hawk Talk. We're going to break down everything as we head into training camp, who they're most excited to see, what area of the roster concerns them the most, who the team could ill afford to lose the most due to injury, and then, of course, we'll get their reaction to the throwback uniforms and which jersey are they going to buy first. That's coming up next. But first, hit like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, best way to support the channel. Closing in on 2,000 subs. Let's get there by the time the season starts. And if you listen to the audio version, just subscribe on any platform that you prefer to listen to audio podcasts on, then you won't miss any new episodes. Let's get into it. This is Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. So excited to have these two back in the fold again, my old field goals cohorts, Brandon Schultz and Dana O'Gorman. Guys, let's cut right to it. How you been? How are you? And how excited are you both for the training camp to start on Wednesday? I can't believe it's Wednesday. <laughs> right. It's so we were we were just talking about it. It just it seems to go so fast. You know, you have that long drawn out month of June in the beginning of July. And honestly, there was not a lot of drama this year, and so it was it was pretty boring, but yeah, training camp. I mean, it's time. It's definitely time. Brandon, isn't that a good thing though? Like that we have knock on wood. Okay. We got 48 hours to get there, but uh-huh. we have made it through an entire off season with no off the field trouble, no players in trouble, no weirdness, right? That, that used to kind of be a little bit of an annual thing. It hasn't you been like it lately. to be boring a little bit you do. in terms of can't believe you said that out loud. <laughs> hey, I'm about to say something else out loud in a little bit too, but I, yeah, I'm, don't jinx it. I'm don't going jinx for the it. reverse jinx. See, <laughs> if you say it, exactly. you're exactly. you're getting out in front of it. Yeah, because <laughs> this is, and really, even for the next couple of weeks of training camp, it's it's kind of the any news is usually bad news type period. Yeah, you don't get any other than the good news of hey. Everybody showed up and is not hurt at training camp. Right. Like that's uh, that's what you hope for. And anything apart from that is usually bad. And there really aren't any contract issues. You know, we're all kind of wondering if anything will happen maybe with Nuosu, although I tend to think they're going to slow play that now. And um, still Zach Charbonnet and Devin Witherspoon haven't signed their contracts, but none of us expect that not to happen. So yeah, a boring offseason. And those rookies are starting off-season. to fall. CJ Stroud and and um, Richardson both signed mm-hmm. theirs today. So I think those first round picks are going to start to fall here pretty quick. Yeah. And if you look, I, I took a peek at the salary cap stuff yesterday and Seahawks have, you know, depending on where you look about seven, one, seven point two, And, and if you look at the contract signed around them, that almost precisely equals what the first year cap hits are likely to be for those two guys. So we should see that probably by Wednesday. Um, well, let's start. Listen, since you brought it up, I was going to talk about this later. Let's get this thing out of the way because, <laughs> because you already mentioned the word jinx. Um, but you sort of, Brandon, you, you kind of teased it. There has been some news in the NFL this morning. Um, fortunately for the Detroit Lions, it looks like it's not as bad as it was when it first was reported that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson went down with a non-contact injury in practice, um, was carried off the field. Uh, doesn't sound like there's any structural damage, so it sounds like that's not all that serious. But then Naheem Hines, 
Buffalo Bills out for the year with a knee injury that was suffered off the field in a in a non-football situation. Thankfully, it's it's um it wasn't worse than it was when you hear the details of it. But let me start that because this is one of the questions that that we had pondered. If there was one player on this roster, and Dana, I'll start with you, that you're you're the most nervous about, or or that you'd like to see them be careful with in the preseason because they can least afford to lose him, who would you say it is? Every single running back. <laughs> but running because backs aren't. But running backs are meaningless, right? They they have no value. Oh, we're being told. I, I fight that battle on a daily basis <laughs> in another podcast. I don't want to do it's a it whole another show. But let me tell you, but um. Uh, yeah, the run, the running backs wrap them in, in bubble wrap. Um, and then I think all of us with Jamal Adams, we, we want to see him get out there. We want to see him, you know, start, which I, we haven't heard one way or the other, because I don't know that they know what they're going to get out Mm -hmm. of Jamal Adams. We probably won't see him. I'm hoping by like week two or three, but we don't know. We'll see. Um, but For what we know right now in front of us, Seattle has such a history with these running backs of them getting hurt that I just want them to be really careful, Um, you know, especially with Kenneth Walker. And and that's, you know, nothing against the rookie. It's just, I just, that is always such a hindrance for this team and their game plan. So um, besides Gino, which of course, you know, no, none of us can afford to lose. We all know that. But I just think that probably those running backs are the ones where I, have a tendency to cringe a little during preseason games. I should have qualified that. Any non-quarterback, because it yeah, goes, goes without obviously. saying. Nancy. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Yeah, Kenneth Walker is a big one, so uh, Dana took that one from me. Sorry. Uh, on the defensive side, though, I got to go with Bobby Wagner, because when <laughs> you think about... Uh, I'm usually thinking toward veterans as players that you would protect anyway, because young guys, you yeah. kind of you assume that they're going to stay healthy, but with Bobby... Uh, yeah, being uh, up there in terms of his career and just in terms of what he could mean for the defense this year, I'm so nervous about, you, know, you talk about the offensive side of the ball in the running game. I'm nervous about the defensive side of the ball in the running game. And if Bobby is hurt, the amount of depth that the Seahawks have is almost non-existent. And we need Bobby Wagner to have a healthy full season. I was going to go with Bobby if one of you had taken uh, my guy. And and I think the Seahawks might be uh, right there with you because they, they just worked out a couple of young linebackers again yesterday. And there's a spot open on the 90-man. Uh, maybe they're looking to add one more body to that group. I'm going to go with Draymond Jones. Uh, you know, the, the big free agent signing in the offseason – Biggest free agent signing of of John Schneider and Pete Carroll's tenure here. And I just think, you know, there's so much uncertainty along that defensive front. A lot of young guys that they're counting on. And then a journeyman like Mario Edwards. And then a guy like Jaron Reed who's coming off a, a year where he looked on, on tape, looked really bad. Uh, lots being expected of him um, coming off a bad year. I think if, if Draymond Jones, they have so much invested in him, um, that's one that I, that I think we can least afford to lose. Uh, let's get to some. I want to see him though. Don't, <laughs> we'll sell. don't do this to me, Dan. I want, I want to I, see him I out think there. so too. <laughs> They're not gonna... I, I, and I think too, if something were to happen to Jones, the, the backlash would be so big on Pete and John because that's another big signing that can't yeah. stay on the field. I think that that would just look so bad for their trades and their free agent signings. And it would be somewhat devastating to this team. But I just think also it's like, God, the, 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 it would just feed that, that section of Seahawks fans that are just so adamantly anti John and Pete that it would just, ugh, it'd be exhausting. 
I think they're going to take it easy with him anyway, if not just to sort of keep things under wraps, how they're going to use him, how that new, new, whatever. I'm not going to use the word new scheme, but just whatever we're going to see this year and how they're going to work that. But I, I think they're going to try and get as many snaps to those young guys as possible anyway to get them to get them ready for the season. I think we'll see very little of Jones and maybe Jer- Jaron Reed as well. I, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of him. That makes sense. Uh, let's move on from that. I'm glad we got that one out of the way <laughs> right off the bat. Let's talk about something more fun. People are still buzzing about the throwback uniforms. And I uh, had a great time talking with your co-host, Clinton Bonner, uh, Brandon, the other day, and loved his that his answer to how does a guy from New York become a Seahawk fan was tied directly to those uniforms. Um, and that was cool to hear. Uh, we'll start with you, Brandon. Uh, your thoughts on them, first of all, and... Uh, first one you're going to get or first one you would get if you're going to get one. Right. Yeah. They, they're so good. I, of all the things that I think I would want the most, like if I was, if I were going to invest money uh, in something, I think I'd want a helmet just to have kind of on the shelf just because I, I like the, but we could have gotten those before anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just that, gosh, those helmets look so good. But uh, in terms of jerseys, um, I would, Tyler Lockett is just my mm. favorite player. And so even though he's the one that I, I already have a jersey of, I, I think I would get one in the blue just to uh, get another one. And, uh, yeah, it's – gosh. Can we wear him more, though? Just the one game? Tyler wants us to, right? <laughs> he's he's already campaigning to have him wear him week one, right? Some, some teams like Tennessee Titans just came out uh, and, oh, and announced don't their, get me started. Uh, their, their Houston Oilers uh, throwbacks. They're going to wear them twice. But okay. uh, again, the choice to not, it would be, you know, you'd, you'd maybe set aside an action green game uh, for one of those. But I, I, there's only one on the schedule this year, but already the reaction is, and I think you're going to see so much of that stuff in the stadium. They're going to sell so many of those jerseys that I would be shocked if in 24, we don't see them use them uh, twice. Dana, who do you like? So I <laughs> The day they came out, I'm not gonna I'm going to be honest about this. I spent four hundred dollars. <laughs> like I went to town, right? Because I've been waiting for years for this to come out. Like we knew it was coming and they kept coming mm-hmm. up with excuse after excuse and the extra helmet and blah blah blah. And so it was of two thoughts here. One, it's like how fun would it to be have a throwback jersey with a brand new baby player on it? Right. Like you get old yeah. and you get Witherspoon, one of those. That like that juxtaposition would be very cool. But at the same time, I'm not a jersey buyer. I own one jersey. It's a Richard Sherman jersey. I've had it since the Super Bowl year. Um, it's just not something that I usually buy. But I said <laughs> if they ever do the throwbacks, I'm going to buy a Marshawn Lynch jersey. And then they didn't have them. Mm. Lynch was nowhere to be found and you couldn't customize one. I was so pissed. So the other person who I thought really deserved a jersey in my closet, which sounds kind of crazy, but I'm very picky, is Bobby Wagner. And I decided that if he were to come back, I would probably get a Bobby Wagner jersey. So that's what I did. I ordered one of his right away. Um, If they come up where you can personalize it, do not think Marshawn Lynch will not also be in my closet. But the interesting thing about all of this to me is I have, I've heard actually that they're considering now wearing them for the Cowboys game too, because the mm. old school two jerseys together cool. would be really yeah. good. That'd be really interesting. So, but there was such a huge positive push for this and, and the media surrounding it. I mean, Albert Breer, Ian Rapport, all of them were like, Oh my God, these are so good. This is exactly what we've needed. You didn't get that 
from all the other jerseys. And you certainly didn't get that from the Titans throwback jerseys. That is just caused a backlash. I don't think they thought they were going to get. And so it's been really interesting to see how much positivity around this. I'm wondering if the action greens will completely go away after next year. And then we're going to see these a little bit more. Yeah. When I saw those, when I saw those Houston uniforms, I thought, what if the Oklahoma city thunder wore Sonics uniforms for a game? (laughs) (laughs) I, good. It's interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see. And they want to wear it when they play Houston. That's oh, what pisses right. me off. Yes. Yeah. They're like, they plan on wearing them for the Houston games is what I read today. And I was like, no, the commissioner should step in on that one. I mean, that one's got Okay. Since Dana though brought up a former player with the uniforms, mm-hmm. I, I want to also throw in a custom answer. I want a Chris Warren throwback jersey. Okay. 42? Okay. Yes. Top of my head. I don't know. For some reason, that's popping in mind. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, look, it'll be a big miss if they don't offer a customizable option, and and I've heard that they are going to. It's just that you know they're the just trying to keep up with demand right now is tough. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people have, have been told that they, their ship dates are end of August for jerseys they've already bought. So I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet. Uh, like you, Dana. I well, I'm the opposite of you. I have a problem. And in my head, I've already spent about four thousand dollars. But I'm I I haven't. I'm going to take some time and let kind of supply and demand work itself out um, before I make a decision. I'm kind of leaning though towards one of the numbers that signifies then and now. Like uh, when I was talking about the throwbacks uh, on the show last week, uh, I mentioned that, that for whatever reason, from that era, when I think of those uniforms, John Kitna pops into my head. Well, John Kitten wore number seven. So I could kind of kill two birds with one stone there if I get a Geno Smith jersey, right? Likewise, I mentioned this uh, recently when talking to the former wearer of number 21, that if I got a Devin Witherspoon jersey, I would also be getting a Paul Moyer jersey. So um, I'm kind of leaning that way, although Kenneth Walker stands out too. I just like the... I don't know. I like the symmetry of nine and the single digit. and I'll probably just end up getting way too many. Way too many. <laughs> and then you got to get the hat to go with it. I know. And, and I bought the sweatshirts yeah. and all this. Oh, God, they're just so good. <laughs> yeah. Get the sleeves. Yeah. It's funny uh, the power that nostalgia has. Because when we had those uniforms, I didn't think they were anything special. I mean, granted, they weren't, you know, they were loose sleeves back then and they weren't as tighter fitting and and the helmets weren't as cool but uh i didn't think they were special until i saw them come back so let's talk it about it was a bit of a dagger though how so jsn said that he wasn't alive when they wore those jerseys <laughs> yeah awesome kid yeah. thanks <laughs> love that they used him though you know in that that video was so well done and i'm still i still go back and watch it every once in a while to see if i can find something on the wall or something around that bedroom that i didn't spot the first time because that was basically my bedroom that they used for that set and my my parents kitchen I think with all the dated it, they just did such a great job with that although I wasn't sure maybe one of you can explain this to me mm. or maybe it went right over my head the significance of the 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 band rehearsing in the garage as he walked through it was I think it, it's just relating to you know Seattle grunge area mm-hmm. grunge era uh, bands it, you it, know, it, it had to be because they weren't playing yeah. any kind of recognizable tone or any, it, I just that was one that I thought might have missed a little bit. Well, I, was he was he going for that bass kind of intro to the the Pearl Jam song that they played? Maybe, maybe it was the kind of the initial yeah. sketch version of it. I'll have to watch it again. 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Zapruder film. You just, there's a lot of meanings and Easter eggs in there. Uh, let's talk about some of the current players on the field. Uh, Dana, start with you. Who are you? If you could go to practice on Wednesday, who would you, your eyes be on first and foremost? Who are you the most excited to see? I mean, obviously you want to look at Witherspoon and JSN. You want to watch. Um, I, I'm completely enamored with Mike Morris now for non-football reasons uh-huh. because he's stinking hilarious. And that whole Taylor Swift like video they put out made me laugh so hard and he sent him the video and he was singing or whatever. But so I think that that's, you know, he's going to be a new fan favorite. Him, Nick Bloor's got some competition, let's put it that way. But um <laughs> I think that, to be honest with you, I'd be really fascinated to watch these rookies, see how quickly they learn. But I'm much more interested in watching Cross and Lucas and see how that second-year jump goes. We need them to have a bigger second-year jump. And I think that they're capable, and I think that they're talented, and I think that they, that's actually going to happen. The defense, we're gonna, I know we're talking about this later, and the defensive line is a huge issue. But I don't know that we're going to see any fixes of that in the preseason or practice, you're yeah. not going to get that field. So I think if I were going to practice, I definitely would want to keep my eye on those second year rookies to see, or the second year, I guess they're not rookies anymore, the second year players to see um, if they start to make that jump. So the other one, and I don't want to steal everybody's from you, is is probably Gino. Hmm. I want to see what his second year jump is going to look like. Sure. Too. Yeah. It's interesting that you... Uh, are always so adamant about how much you love the defense. And I yet do. all your answers so far have been I on know. the offensive side pretty much. <laughs> well, because the, I don't know. It's it's so funny because She's coming I feel around, like Brandon. I, I can look at the defense and I just kind of know what's going on with it where mm. the offense, I'm like, I don't know. Are you better? Are you not better? I can't, you annoy me. So Maybe I don't you know. Can explain yeah. it to me. Cause I, the, the defense, yeah. the, the, the back end of the defense is really intriguing to me. How are they going to use all those pieces in the secondary, mm-hmm. you know, the bringing on of, of love at safety. If you have him and Adams and Diggs, and then Witherspoon and Reek, and you, how are they going to? Uh, does is it Michael Jackson who ends up getting some of those nickel snaps? How how are they going to get all of those pieces? There's a lot of starting caliber mm-hmm. talent among that group, and there's you know really only four starting spots, five if you go nickel. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me when we talk, because I've been thinking about that a lot too, because it's like, oh, it's like, you know, almost too much depth, right? But think about the last time Seattle had that in defense and it was on the line and that was the Super Bowl years. Mm-hmm. And that's because they did that constant rotation. And I've been waiting and waiting for Seattle to be able to do that again. It was so good for their players. Their players stayed more healthy. The line was fresh. Everyone played better because there was this constant rotation of players in and out, all able to do their job. I feel like that's maybe what we're going to see, obviously dependent on a couple of injuries. We got to see how Jamal comes out and that sort of thing, how that secondary could be. Tariq is got his starter. I think Witherspoon is the one who may come in and out the first half of the season until he gets his feet a little more wet. And I, you know, we'll have to see who sits there on that other side, but I do feel like we're getting to that rotational point, at least in the secondary, the line, no, but in the secondary, definitely. I think it's a good point. It's, it's, you can never have too many of those guys. And we've spent Mm -hmm. years kind of playing catch up 
both at that position and at the edge position, really outside linebacker, where we just didn't have enough, or we we relied too much on one guy or two guys, and the, the drop off. I, I remember for years there, our third cornerback was essentially Nico Thorpe, and all respect to Nico, who's on the coaching staff now. Like that was a big drop off, and mm-hmm. now it's it's a good problem to have. You know, I, a lot of people will say, hey, maybe we should trade from our cornerback depth to maybe add an interior defensive lineman or something else. We need no, let's because you never know. People forget so quickly that Richard Sherman was third on the depth chart his rookie year and, and only got his shot later in that season because of injuries to other players. Um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to dip into that now that we've kind of stockpiled that kind of, that kind of, you know, secondary talent for sure. Um, I, you make a great point, Dana, too. I, th- it, it struck me as you were talking about Lucas and cross, how much I feel like they've been just taken for granted this off season. That, that there's so much focus on the center position and right guard and, and Bradford and, and Haynes and that battle and then the, the, the center battle that, like, the assumption is just that, hey, we're set at tackle. But, you know, we do need to see those guys take a step forward, especially I think, you know, and there's some improvement that can be made by Charles Cross. We need to see him get a little better, right? Yeah, definitely, especially at run blocking. I think that's the biggest thing that we need to see from him. It, it, I think that we saw such good things out of them. It's easy to forget them. Like you said, because they were consistent. They were good. I mean, cross would have a moment where you're like, Ooh, rookie, you know, he would just kind of pop up. I don't know. Abe had a couple of those too. Sure. (laughs) First year player, but, um, but they were few and far between to be quite honest with you. I also think that toward the end of the season, they, he was starting to wear down. I think they were all really tired. And so I think that that fitness level, if you've kept it up over the off season, that's what we kind of need to see from them. But the most important piece of this entire team, which makes me vomit to say, because you guys know I cannot hack this, is we have to keep Gino upright. Mm-hmm. We have to keep him healthy. Yeah. Because no offense to Drew Locke or that other guy who's at Allers or something his last night. I didn't know who that quarterback well, was. Well, maybe. Yeah. They, they worked yeah. out another. They worked right. out Reed Stinnett today. Yeah, Stinnett yeah. today. But so yeah. it's like I think that, I think that, that is – we have to keep him there. So that line is important. Now, I know you asked if we're going to tell us, we're going to talk about our biggest area of concern. It is not the line, not the offensive line for me, but I do think that we want to see them even get better. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get into that, Brandon, uh, you first. And we've touched on some of this already because things naturally yeah. tend to come up. But the the one thing that kind of makes you toss and turn at night a little bit that you're just not sure of yet that, that worries you about this roster being able to, you know, reach their potential. Yeah, and it's got to be the interior of the defense, right? Because it was such a problem last year that every team could just have their way running the football right up the middle and there was no stopping it. And it was the reason why the games against the Rams were so close. And it was the reason why they lost to Tampa. And the reason why they, they couldn't beat the Niners. Like Every coach that could exploit it did. And even the ones that uh, really didn't have a whole lot of talent were able to exploit it too. So it, and really, you, you talk about Draymond Jones in the offseason, that being the big acquisition. He's not a stellar run defender. He, I think... 
I think the way that they approached the the run defense by going out and getting Jones and Reed, they have a lot of uh, TFLs or uh, run stops, I believe. And so there was that portion of it. But in terms of their run grades, I, I think that uh, they, they weren't graded out super high in previous years. So you hope that Jaron Reed can kind of go back to his uh, his self that we, we saw a few years back. You know, can he return to that kind of form? And can Draymond grow in, in that part of his game too? And can the linebackers uh, that they, with Bobby Wagner coming back, I, I have little worry about him, but where's the, where's the other depth? Yeah. Dana? Oh, I think that's it for everybody, right? Like that's, that's, it's, it's a glaring area of yeah. concern. The only thing I wonder, I wonder about some of the, like, oh, what was the, is it Hall, the new rookie? Derek Hall, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could get greatly surprised by him, right? Like there is, there is a few little beacons, but to be honest with you, as you mentioned at the top of the show, the Seahawks don't have money to go out and get somebody. They yeah. just don't. Yeah. And so unless they were to cut a huge contract, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't I don't know that they have the opportunity to go get someone to help them. So in turn, they have to look at the players they have and see how they can get them to play better and be more consistent. Because if you as, as much as there's been crap talked about the running backs this whole entire offseason, mm-hmm. you can't stop the run. You're done. You're just done. And I, that's, I'll just kind of take your answers and sort of add on to it. Cause yeah, that's obviously the, the thing that, mm-hmm. that most people seem to agree would be the difference between the Seahawks record of last year and improving it, gaining ground on the 49ers and contending. It's, it's not so much that I'm worried about the players cause, cause they all seem to be talented football players. And in some ways we've made some upgrades. Draymond Jones is the most dynamic free agent they've ever signed. Um, uh, in the last 10 years anyway, I'll I'll put it on Clint Hurt and that defensive staff. And can they put all those pieces together? Because they kind of not necessarily threw last year's, well, maybe they did throw last year's defensive line under the bus because they released them all. They moved on from all of them. and it, But there were times where they would even openly say, hey, look, it wasn't a matter of not being good enough. It was a matter of not executing the scheme, not being in the right place at the right time. So who does that fall on, right? That's coaching staff. So you went out, you invested heavily in the defensive line in free agency and in the draft, and you're going to put a lot of, on those guys' shoulders. And then you bring back Bobby as a guy who who has has been there. He's been through the the warfare and 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 showed everybody he still had a lot in the tank last year in L.A. Can you put all those pieces together and execute better on a game-in, game-out basis? Because there were times, stretches, where they looked good last year. And then they would just get gouged on the explosive plays. Like just when they were starting to look better, then that Raiders game came along. And we're like, what the hell is happening right now? Can they avoid those types of of letdowns, be more consistent? Because I think we all agree that this offense may be loaded to the fact, to the point that the defense only has to be good. They don't have to be great. We'd hope that they're on their way to being great, but they don't have to be right away. And to the point of coaching, it wasn't just last year that the run defense was bad. Go mm-hmm. back to two years ago and look at the number of tackles that Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner. Uh, it was a ridiculous yeah. number of yeah, tackles. I think both of them ended of up in the top five of the entire NFL. Yeah. And if your linebackers are getting that much tackle, that many tackles, it's because your guys up front aren't aren't getting any. Right. And so it, it's it goes back a couple of years. Yeah. 
Uh, how about this? Is there? A, I did my fifty-three man roster prediction recently, and I was accused of it being very boring because I didn't really have any shockers. I didn't have any, and I just, I just think that's where the state of the roster. I don't think there's a lot of glaring holes that are up for grabs anymore. But if there were, uh, I think it's your turn, Daniel. We'll start with you. If there were one name player, well-known player, a surprising veteran that you think might be in jeopardy of not making the final fifty-three. I, I hate to be born, but I really don't think there is. I mean, that's a good thing, it, right? I do like, okay. I'm looking over the depth chart. I mean, the obvious one is D Eskridge. I mean, not yeah. being there, I guess you call him a vet. He's been there a while, but I don't think that would shock anybody. Um, especially now if JSN and comes in and knocks it out, like they, they, it's just, he hasn't shown any reason to be there. Um, yeah, I, it's tough, right? I think it speaks to... Yeah, I can't... I think it I speaks like to the quality of the roster. Devin Bush would be, if I were to pick yeah. one to, to be the most likely, it would be him just because he has all the injury quest, yeah. injury questions. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot of depth to, other than you know, Vi Jones or would they move somebody from uh, the end spot to an interior linebacker spot? Yeah. Uh, I think that's really, you hit the nail on the head. There's just not enough depth to dump these people. In the places that you have depth, you don't want to dump them. Maybe wide receiver, like literally maybe wide receiver. But otherwise, there's just not enough there to say, you know what? We really don't need you because we do. Because right. someone's going to get hurt by week six. It's just the way it works. It's an interesting preseason, or it will be an interesting preseason, because as much as Pete Carroll has built his culture based on that word, competition outside of the center position and maybe right guard. Uh, although I think if Phil Haynes is healthy, Bradford's chances of starting week one are probably pretty slim. That might be the only battle that's up for grabs in camp this year. And it'll be interesting to see how Pete handles that. Cause he'll, he'll try to drum that up and he'll try to make us think that it's a really competitive camp. Um, but with preseason, especially being shorter than it, than it ever has been and, and, uh, and just not wanting to, wanting to protect some of these guys and not play them as much. Um, I just don't know if you're going to be able to manufacture some of those competitive battles for people for, for appearances sake, as you have in the past. Yeah. Well, even thinking about those types of battles, other than center, you brought up and, and guard, maybe the outside linebacker spot opposite of Nuosu. Yeah. Yeah, who's gonna be? Who's gonna get the most snaps there? Sure, yeah. but even then, I, we expect to see a rotation there. We expect to see all those guys play. Right? Um, yeah, uh, it's almost time to get going. I want to end on this. Uh, I asked you both to prepare just kind of a final statement or uh, sort of a state of the union. <laughs> uh, Brandon, we'll start with you on just kind of where you feel like this team is right now given the entire offseason, the landscape of what's happened around them in the division and the conference and, and what they've added and what they've lost, heading into camp, sort of what's your overriding feeling about this team? Oh, I'm so excited about this year. And, you know, the the announcement of the uniforms kind of kicked it off, but it's just the the idea of this being Gino's team this offseason. Mm -hmm. he's, he's been able to... Yeah, have no question about whether or not he's going to be the starter going into this year. And then adding in those other pieces, the offensive line is really exciting just because there are so many young players there. And so you hope that there's improvement. You got Kenneth Walker, who can be an extremely dynamic running back. 
And if you, you pair that then with a trio of wide receivers now with JSN being drafted and, and so much excitement around him, um, it's just, it's hard not to be excited about the offense going into this year. And, uh, and while there's questions on the defense, there's there's so many exciting aspects of of the defense too that I'm excited about. Now, whether or not it's a team that you look at and say, oh, "Hey, this is a team that's going to go deep into the playoffs," I, I think what we see from the team the first five six games of the season is is going to tell us you know how much hope we might have toward the playoffs. But it's it's got you excited for the future, and you didn't think it was going to be a one-year turnaround when we were at this point a year ago, and the team made the playoffs. There's expectations, at least, to get back to the playoffs. It's just, can they take that next step? And uh, I'm excited to see that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dana. Well, I have to start this out by admitting something. So I was um, going back over some old podcasts that I did last year. I was looking for a couple of specific quotes and I couldn't remember which one it was in. And um, last year when I did a field goals podcast, I had um, Griff Sturgeon on who people know is C Mike spin move. Mm. And he and I were having this conversation. And in this conversation, we were talking about Gino and it was right after week three and Seattle was one and two. And we were having this conversation about Gino and I both of us were going on and on about the rookie quarterback we were going to get next year. And we really hoped yeah. Gino just played well enough that he would get picked up by another team. And I mean, there was no question. It was all, this is how it's going to be and blah, 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 blah. And I listened back on that looking for this quote and I was, I absolutely cringed. I couldn't believe now what has happened that we, and I was not alone in this. No, you we and I talked about it at length. Giving him a chance to get this job, right? He was going to have it for a year. And it wasn't until my friend Emery Hunt came on and said, Dana, have you ever thought of maybe Gino should stay? And I was like, what? What? That was crazy. (laughs) Absolutely I remember that, yeah. So yeah, it was very interesting. So I am now very excited for two reasons. One, I'm thrilled what has happened for Gino and for this team because he came in and has done so well. Two, I'm really, really glad that the Russell Wilson BS is over and we don't have to keep dealing with the, you know, draft picks we're going to get and this, that, and the other, and and we can stop talking about that, although they never will, but hopefully it'll calm down. But I think what I'm really excited about is that this team feels young again. We're not like, and I love Al Woods. God, I hope he does good for the Jets. He was my favorite players. But we don't have the Al Woods and the Dwayne Browns and the guys in their late 30s, mid to late 30s, who we have to worry about. A misstep is going to take them out, and we have no one behind them. These guys are young. They're energetic. They're spunky. And I missed that. I think I missed that more than I knew that I had. And so I'm very excited for all of that energy to come back under Bobby's leadership and, and to see how they can start to put that back together again. Because I think that 
like I said before, Gino is also going to make a second year jump. And like, we're going to see such great offense out of this team and such great secondary play that hopefully that will make up for any defensive questions on the line or run stopping that we have. And, and it's just fun. There isn't a sense of dread that I had last year because we didn't know what was going to be put on the field in front of us. I feel like we know this year and that's a lot more fun. Yeah. Good stuff. You guys, it's, it is, it does feel like from a year ago, just they've done a really nice job, John and Pete and and the whole staff in the front office of just eliminating, minimizing questions. Like at this time a year ago, quarterback obviously was the big question, but there was questions at running back. There was major questions in the secondary. We didn't know who was going to play corner. And now we just had a discussion a few minutes ago about how we might, we might have too much depth there. Um, it, it's basically the the defensive front, the run defense is the only glaring concern or question that people seem to have about this team. And yet we're talking about a roster that's ascending and that's young. I haven't seen the numbers league wide, but it has to be one of the top five, six youngest rosters in the league, I would think. Um, so they might still be a year away from really becoming a legitimate contender. Um, but I don't think any of us have to squint very hard to see the direction that this roster is going. And uh, now that all the dust is settled after the Russell Wilson trade and we see what they've done with all those assets. So I, I have a hard time. Well, 2014, I guess would be the last time that I was this excited about mm-hmm. a training camp and a preseason to see what a roster could do, you know, to see back then if they could continue and maybe win another Super Bowl and, and that kind of thing. But to, to see what this team's going to do and how it's all going to come together is, uh, I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait to get started. Uh, so great to have you guys back on the show. Brandon, let people know uh, what you're doing and about your other podcasts and what you guys uh, have planned for this first week, of, first week of camp. Yeah, we'll be kicking things off here this week. Actually, we have one more show to finish with our Know Your Rivals series uh, where we go and we uh, dump on our uh, NFC West uh, teams like the uh, and the 49ers are coming up. So we, we saved uh, the best of the division for last. And uh, and that's pretty fun. So but you know, with the with training camp coming up this week, I'm sure we'll be doing something and. Uh, and then here we go into our regular season, seahawkerspodcast.com. If you want to check it out, thanks for having Clinton on last week. Uh, I enjoyed yeah, that of course. show. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting going, man. And Dana. Well, um, you can always find the Our Turf um, Football Podcast. Um, we're on YouTube and we're on Twitter and on Facebook and live and live and live everywhere, anywhere you can. Um, So we do that every week, but we cover all 32 teams. So I like to warn people it's not a Seahawks specific podcast. Um, And then of course I do real Hawk talk with those Hawk blogger boys, which is still real tiring some days, but (laughs) their show they have planned for Thursday. Just, it'll be worth watching just put it that way. So it'll be good, but we're excited because you know, especially the Our Turf girls, you know, um, we have news again and we have things that are yeah. coming through. And I think that um, sometimes it's not great news like we talked about earlier, but it's, it's fun to be back in the thick of it a little bit. Well, thanks for giving me some content for this week. It's always easy to talk Seahawks with you guys, even if the, the headlines and the newsy stuff isn't as prevalent. Uh, we will catch up again soon, of course. Um, later this week on the show, still trying to, to sync up schedules with Brandon Kane of the Hawks Nest podcast. We've been going back and forth trying to get him him on as well and then uh wednesday we'll just kind of see i was talking to bill alfstad today um we don't know yet for sure if the seahawks are going to live stream any of training camp this year like they have in the past and if they are how usable 
valuable or, or how valuable that's going to be. But if they are, uh, I'll keep my eye on that, react to that, and certainly any news that happens along the way. So until then, follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. Don't forget to subscribe to the page. It's the best way to support it. Until next time, forever and always, go Hawks.